Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rose Room. It's your host, Kashton. And Taylor. And we are here to give you some hot tea about no. cold wallets. Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> leave it to Kashton to ruin my intro. I was like trying to be very creative and I came up with the most fabulous title for this. It was called Hot Tea and Cold Wallets because today is all about investments. But it th- it's not as funny now. <gasps> It's not. You ruined it. But I'm maybe okay it is it. funny. Maybe they don't know why it's funny, and that's, that's why they're going to the need the intro. Exactly. Okay. Well, welcome to today's episode. As you can see, we do not have it together, um, but thank God we're going to talk about some things that we do have together. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we dive into it, how was your night last night? It was Friday. Oh, my Friday night actually is going to be in here because I went to Fogo to Chow, which you know is like my, I don't know what's wrong with it. I me. love that that's your big night out. It's You're like a big night out. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And you know, lots of other people's big night out, by the way, because that's the Brazilian jump. But if you're in Vegas and you ever want to go and visit, I can't believe I'm plugging this right now. But like, if you ever want to go sit at like probably one of the best bars, I think honestly, Fogo to Chow and Paradise and Flamingo, it, honestly. Taylor, you must get out more. We I, cannot be plugging that. That's I know, the best but the problem Vegas. is, you know that I have been out, and this is where I always <laughs> return because they have Chilean wine at half price. Like they have half price wine, cash, and it's bottles of wine and beef. Like what could be better? And charcuterie salad bars. Really, it's my dream place, and the service there is also amazing because they're very educational. But it was part part of last night was about actually investments randomly. So my night was on par of being as abnormal about my norm, the abnormal of my normal life, whatever. Who are you with, Dean? Yeah, who else? Well, yes. I don't know. Maybe oh you the family Dorita or Dean. comes home so tired. She's just like, you know, like the dad that comes in the door and drops the briefcase. And it's just For like, those of you who don't know, Dorinda is Taylor's mom. Oh, yes. And she, thank goodness, is the queen of injections at our clinic. But mm-hmm. she just comes home so tired. She's like, it has been so long. And she got the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was like a big milestone for my mother yesterday. But she just comes home and is like, I want salmon and tequila. I'm like, oh, my God, the life, girl, <laughs> the life. I'd love to see it. Um, but, yeah, I just ended up going out with Dean. And, oh, my gosh, on your Instagram, where what was the light show happening? Oh, yeah. Well, I was busy being the cringiest person in America last night. Um, I liked it. I decided to go to Area 15 with David Keith. His boyfriend. What is there? Okay, I thought that was a dispensary for the longest. Like when people told me they went there, I literally thought they were just going to like smoke Um, weed. (laughs) For people who don't live in Vegas who might not know what Area 15 is, it is a big like art installation. It's immersive experiences throughout the entire, I guess, quote unquote, warehouse. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a big warehouse with very odd art installations and then like immersive experiences throughout and like a bar and like. They had some art exhibit thing, which is the light show that you saw. Um, I was so excited to go out, and I wore these pants that I had been wanting to wear for so long. They're, like, super cinched at the top, and then, like, wide leg pants. They're so cute and also incredibly big. I fell four times on my face. I felt so hard in front. (laughs) You wore balloon pants to Disneyland. Yes, I chipped my (laughs) nail because I fell so hard. Um... I was walking to the restroom with Keith and I literally fell like arms out on my face, like just because I, <gasps> my foot caught on my, the on the pant leg. No, and then uh, the I tripped my nose pants. They have to be short. Oh, I'm mad at them <gasps> by the way. And I tripped right when I got in right. Oh my God. Four times. Did anyone see you? Yes, of course. Oh my God. Oh. This guy was cracking up behind me. He's like, Oh my God, are you okay? Rude. Cracking up. And I was like, Rude. also laughing. I'm like, Oh my God, please. I just, I need to leave. Like, I it was like so the falling and then just being like, Well, that happened. Like, I like when people fall and it's just like, Well, can't do anything about that. Yeah, anymore. no. I just, like, 
I had um, dust on my chest. Like, that's how hard I fell, like, <gasps> on my face. Like. Oh, no. Cash it. Okay, so you had a rough night, and it wasn't even, like, a good excuse. Like, I fell because I was so drunk. Like No, fell I fell because I was wearing, you like, trying to be so cool. Yeah, and Just I wasn't cool. a victim of fashion. Yeah. So, you know, that was what happened. But other than that. <laughs> well, the Instagram pictures were adorable and very interessant. So I feel like as as people just trying to get back into the world, like it's kind of nice that these things are, I mean, a big warehouse open of art, the things we do. Yeah, I won't be back, but um, <laughs> it's not really my thing. I, but, you know, it, it's it's very cool to do once, but you know, I'm good. I do all of like two things. I'll either like hang out at Keith's house at the end of the day. Uh, and for those of you who don't know who Keith is, he's our clinical coordinator at the clinic. Also one of my best friends and he lives so close to me. So we'll either hang out or I stay at home or I go to the gym. Like I'm not really doing much these days. And then when I do go out, I'm falling and chipping my nails. (laughs) Like it's an embarrassment. Yeah. So, um, whatever lesson learned. I'm happy that you survived Area 15 or 51 or whatever that place Area 15. is. Literally, I just every time people tell me this, I'm like, oh, you went to like a, a smoke lounge. And they're like, Taylor, it's not a dispensary. I'm like, I don't know. It looks like a light show. It's definitely like, why not Why else dispensary. would you go there if you were not high? So anyways. No. Okay. Well, I'm welcome back to this crazy. Also to highlight, we are in a new closet. We are in a new closet. It's actually the storage closet in our new clinic. And we call it the crying closet. It is. If you want to cry, you have to come in here. It's perfect amount of space for two people in chairs and a bunch like, of IT equipment we don't need. Yeah, so very glamorous, um, you know, show that we host over here. Um, but you know, today I really wanted to highlight a topic that Taylor's been wanting to, I think, dive into a little bit more. I know that she's been plugging this topic in her personal uh, Instagram account. Um, but I thought it was important to share to our listeners a little bit about investments and how you can have these like quick bite, uh, information, how you can get started. Um, you don't need a million dollars to do so, but you know, let's just try to get through this in a way that's like easy to understand. Um, Taylor really, uh, illuminated a lot of investments for me when I started. Um, my boyfriend, David is also very very involved in investments. So he is always reading books. He's always looking at social media topics. He's always really doing his research when it comes to this particular topic. And I think as millennials and younger, um, it's a really important thing to get a little bit more familiar with, especially if you don't have a traditional savings account. I know that money like is not always something that's synonymous with millennialism. Totally. So um, how do you get it? How do you make your money work for you? And what have you done? Because you and Dean have been pretty successful with your investments as well. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll tell you, I've done both things. So right now, I think that the interesting part is I have a freelance style job. Like I don't work for corporate America right now. Running a business is not always glamorous with payment. Um, and we've really you know, cash and I've really sacrificed kind of to be here. So working on the corporate side, it's really easy because you have 401ks, you have company matches, you have like all these amazing opportunities to fund yourself, which I feel like is the traditional concept of savings, right? Like you go to work, you have your 401k, you have your stocks from your company and you kind of move on. Um, I think for me, the problem is when I got out of corporate America, I was like, oh no, like I'm not giving to my 401k. I'm a freelancer. I was doing makeup still at very large amounts of money, but savings, taxes, all of that accumulation of business management really made it difficult to save. So in 2000, oh my goodness. So I started makeup in 2013. 
2014 and I started professionally like professionally at 2015 so at 2015 when I got my first studio my husband's like girl we cannot be over here like you dumping money in a business and we have no savings so I'm not good when I just put money into savings I don't know if you've ever done it Kashin, but you're like here's $2,500 for a rainy day and then like the rainy day is something that it's always yeah so liquidity for me past a certain amount was always really dangerous because I could never be trusted with that kind of money (laughs) um so moving on into finding investments everything at 2015 and 2016 was coming out for self-investment so like the e-trade was you know coming down in their commissions you could buy something for under four dollars a shot like even a stock um square the cash app came out and uh in 2000 and I want to say 17 or 18, they started selling Bitcoin and stocks and fractions. Um, I know Robinhood came out around that same time. Like there was this new opportunity for us to be able to access stocks and, you know, the concept of currency that didn't include a financial planner. Because as you and I know, we have gone the Merrill Lynch route in a conventional way or, you know, even Morgan Stanley. I have lots of these types of accounts, especially in our business. But like how many times have we walked up to people and they've been like, oh, I'm sorry, unless you have $250,000 of liquidity, which is actually just meaning like in cash mm-hmm. of some sort you cannot participate here. Yeah, absolutely. You you can't even get advice. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it was kind of like, oh, I got to figure this out for myself. And my husband too, like past corporate America, what did we know? Um, So I'm actually self-educated. I'm obviously just over here, like not a stock trader or anything of no degree. Um, But I have gotten into micro investments. So today when I talk about like micro investing, it's going to be how I turned my freelance income Um, and the business that we run really into a savings option that I can do at what I call tip level. So in Vegas, like a lot of people who work make tips. So I, my rule is you basically take a part of your tips and you invest that. And that was always micro 20, $30 at a time, nothing huge. Um, and that's like how I want to talk about it today because I don't think millennials, Gen Z, anybody, even Gen X right now with the responsibility of children don't really have, you know, three, five, $7,000 at a time to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll ask you, Cashin, what platforms do you use right now to buy things? So I have my Fidelity account that I use for my Roth IRA, which I haven't really been contributing to past a like $600 level. Okay. And then I have my E-Trade. I have Coinbase. I have uh, Robinhood. And then I also have an Ameritrade, but I haven't really been active on that. Okay. So the interesting part about all of these different like platforms is they kind of give you something different. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you know, you really listed three different types of things. So E-Trade is whole stocks. Like I could never get on E-Trade and buy a fraction. It's just not like a thing they do. Um, so I only buy my big whole stocks on E-Trade because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's easier to look at. Like I love that interface. It's so agreed analytic and so helpful. So if I know I can afford a full stock, E-Trade's fabulous. And when I say a full stock, like there are stocks out there that are $3 or, or 50 cents that you can buy on E-Trade. Um, the concept of trading, like what a limit order is and like all of that is another dates and times where I feel like having a trader on here would be really fun. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, E-Trade is great for the current just whole stock. The interesting part to me is these other subsidies, like Robinhood lets you buy fractions. Like I try to do that at least once a week at five or $6, like mm-hmm. buy Apple, buy like all these big companies. Yeah, I have three recurring weekly executions for like micro investment yeah. and it's only totaling like $25 a week 
And that's just like automatic so I don't have to think about it. But then I also, if I, you know, get a stock tip or if I, you know, feel like, okay, I have like an extra 20 bucks to spare, I'll throw it in something else. So totally. And I think it's just interdependent upon like the great thing about micro investment is you can always add more. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, 10 bucks isn't going to kill you. It was so funny. Your sister Kyler was sitting up front the other day. She was like, oh, I got $20 on Cash App. And I'm like, okay, open that Bitcoin and open that fractional stock. And I want to, I literally made her buy $5 worth of her $20 from imaginary air because that's like the thing we're down to buy starbucks we're down to do everything and or or to buy anything target it's like the 300 dollars store but i would you know never feel comfortable putting 300 dollars on a stock right so it's just the continuity of what you find important um but there are some principles that i stick to so on on my instagram alfie bachman will come back to why that's my instagram name later um but (laughs) i talk about like the principles i use to invest because there's lots of different options and at the end of this i'll kind of go over like my top three things because cashin actually some of her things are my things um so i want to talk about how i approach investing first and foremost when you choose an investment cashin what is the like concept like is it something like you thought about is it like you're you're saying you have weekly executions what Mm -hmm. is that what are they based on not even what are they but what's the philosophy behind it like when you choose to execute something so those are okay so typically when i'm investing because i'm new to this i want to unless it's recommended to me through somebody who really understands the market well or they've been doing research on a company um for me it's brand recognition so understanding that this company is going to be around for a while it's not something that i haven't heard of or the information on this company isn't already easy to access i'm probably not going to throw 115 dollars at it right away right um and quite frankly i wouldn't throw 100 dollars at anything in any one seating it might be 100 dollars over five different investments and building it up over time So that I also think is kind of interesting because like you said, I can go to dinner and drinks and you're probably going to end up spending $300, but you're like, oh my God, I can't buy a whole Apple stock today. And why is that? You know, and so really understanding um, what your money can do if you just let it grow is also really important, but it's also uh, instant access, like instant gratification. You know, if you go to Target and you walk out with $300, dollars worth of something that you like it's very different than like putting money into the abyss and hoping that you can see it again lol okay the day that this changed for me and i'll come back to like my philosophy behind this is um square like the day like i was just like throwing money in a wishing well and then i turned on my computer one day and it was like I'm sorry, what happened, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, it went from $8 to 130 in a course of probably six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't look at it because I don't look at it. You know, I'm just, like, over here minding my business. Um, so it brings me to the concept that you were just talking about. I'll buy $300 at some at Target of something I like. Um, I think the day I learned I like stocks is the day it took my $8 to $130. And I like that feeling more than I like any sunglasses at Target. And that was the pendulum change for me. It's dangerous though, because, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, okay, with all the cryptocurrency exchange money you've made and everything, why are we still sitting in the same place and you look crazier than me? Like your quality of life has not actually improved. So I think it's interesting that you're like, I need to like it to be able to buy it. And it's just really speaks to the condition of how we've been trained in big banking in America 
to view investing. It's not fun. It, it has a low return. We're waiting forever, which is really actually not the case. Um, so that brings me to my first like principle when investing, and that is like the why. Like, why am I investing in something? Why would I give my money to that? Do I believe in that? Because as millennials, we're fine paying $18 for a bottle of salsa that was made by hand. Um, rather than going to the store, right? Like, and just buying the regular, like we're into niche things. So if we're willing to pay for higher end things physically, tangibly in life, I feel like that's probably going to be the case in whatever we invest in. Now, access is completely different because I get to eat that salsa and it's an experience and that's life. But also there is something to be said about not missing any types of money. Like if you can pay all your rent and you have a small savings account, you probably won't notice five to $20 at a time. So the why I choose to invest in something has always been very important. Why we chose to invest in Square was because when I was at Paper Bag Beauty taking payments, guess what I used? And for people who don't know what Paper Bag oh. Beauty is, it's Taylor's hair and makeup company. Yes. And I, you know, having to run that business was actually a technological challenge at the time. Starting in 2015, um, very few people allowed you to take credit cards. I was still like doing Venmo, which wasn't allowed at the time. I was still doing PayPal. Like it was a very dicey time. Um, so Square came out and you could do these online like invoices. You could run cards. I mean, they just had the complete small business package for no money by the like it was you just run the card and they charge you and that was it and if i didn't use the card i didn't get charged so it was like the first time where um small business was considered in a technological way and it was eight dollars a share and i was like you know what i believe in that and i really truly think that that's going to change a lot of small business now you go to the farmer's market it's all square mm-hmm. it's just every everybody's sending you a square square receipt you're getting text messages with your receipts and then like once saved always saved in in square so i believed in that and it did nice things for me and it still does but then I realized after a certain point, I couldn't afford it. So I had to do my second principle, which is considered awareness. I think that being aware of your surroundings is how I found all of my stocks. I've, I've done very little research, but like, for instance, we were at a concert one night and I was trying to cash out at the bar, at the burger bar. And I realized that when the screen of the the payment portal went like to a screensaver. It said global payment systems. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they trade on the New York Stock Exchange. Like, you know, MGM, Mandalay Bay, that's a huge business. Like if they're running this through one restaurant, they're probably running this through all of them. Um, and at the time it was like $46 a share. And now it's not $46. You know, it was just me being mentally aware. I, I only own two of those stocks, but I just, at the time I was like, oh, What's on the strip? What am I seeing? Even, you know, people would go to the win and blow 80 grand on a weekend, but own absolutely not one of the win stocks. So you're not getting any money off of everybody else's $80,000 weekend. And that's how I started to view Vegas. Like the amount of consumption, the amount of awareness you have to have on a daily basis is important because you'll never know anything else. Um, My current notice, like if you, if I'm not like, sticking to Vegas because it's closed um, has been the tech business. I think tech yesterday on our on a phone call that we had, it was funny because we were talking to advisors, financial advisors, and they're like, well, basically, if you had a tech idea, we'd give you 
at one trillion dollars. Yeah. Literally, he said, "Oh, if you had a tech concept, we'd give you fifteen million dollars." Right and now, I was like, I'm oh. so sorry, but we do. We do, that's and we do, and, and we do, and and that's like a whole other thing of how you can pivot your brand into really participating in spaces that generate extreme wealth. But um, you know, conversation for a different exactly, and and the pivot of of basically how do rosé beauty refinery will evolve because it is possible. Um, but I think you know, focusing on the concept that men are really willing to put trillions of dollars behind concepts that will never flourish into anything um, because the word tech is behind it was a trigger in my mind long ago. I have been noticing this now, you know, for the venture capital that's happening in Silicon Valley, that whole bubble, that whole, whole over, you know, they really over-evaluate there. So, you know, EBITDAs and venture capital and angels investors, these are words I've had to learn, um, but I think it's really dangerous because, you know, you're creating... Um, an industry that doesn't necessarily have a demand for improvement with all the money in the world. Like why be better if you can just ask for, you know, $40 million from a bank and they'll give it to you. Um, So I apply that in my awareness. Um, And one industry that I feel like is really under considered, especially with us in a pandemic is like networks, like um, telecommunications networks. So 4G and 5G. I don't know if you have a phone, but my 5G does not work. It is trash. It is terrible. Um, And a lot of these um, manufacturers like Nokia and, you know, Verizon and all these people are starting to really make huge and Apple now improvements in 5G. So I'm like, if my phone sucks, it's probably going to suck for a long time until that improvement comes. But now with a pandemic, everybody's on a phone. Everybody needs the resource. Everyone is mobile now. And that jump in technology hasn't caught up to the stock market yet. You you know, Nokia today is like four dollars. Yeah. I don't think Nokia will be four dollars. Well, I mean, I think also, you know, I, I guess to really simplify your advice to people who are starting into this, like A, understand why you want to invest, and B, really being aware of your surroundings in what's being utilized on a day-to-day basis that businesses in particular or consumers are really relying on Um, and something that you participate in right like you resonated with square because it helped your business and it's obviously like we use it in our business as well it's a very easy interface Um, there's been other like lightning in a bottle stocks right when you were like hey my eight dollars turned it to 130 that's how i felt because i arbitrarily bought kodak stocks of course when it was like a dollar 33 a share and i was like i'm just gonna buy six of these because that's all i could afford because mm-hmm. at this time that was before robin hood or i think i had it on e-trade because yeah. you couldn't do fractional shares so yeah. i'm like oh i can't afford anything over five dollars a share right now um and then they blew up and i like Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, GoPro 2 was like $1.20, mm-hmm. and that thing's up to $9. And yeah. it, it seems little, but I mean, if people are throwing a hundred grand and it went from a dollar to $5, well, Kodak went to 33 with that Donald Trump yep. nonsense. And I mean, if they had cashed out, that's, you know, $3 million on a hundred grand. Yeah. So it's an interesting flip because, again, like I was always born to never participate in that. So I was always super intimidated. I'm like, Same. how will I ever do this? And the truth is, is that I don't put anything in the stock market that I don't feel comfortable throwing in the trash you know like if that all goes to the crapper tomorrow and my predictions or my feelings towards a company were wrong or something goes wrong in that company guess what like i don't know how sheldon adelson will do 
you know, with his companies now passing away this, you know, who knows, like no one knows. So I just want, um, you know, everybody to do research and be aware. Um, don't feel like it's too scary because Robinhood, Square, Cash App, um, and all of that is really economic and really easy to use. Um, and my final, like, have to talk about thing today is, and what my night was yesterday, and I, what I feel like every day at DuRose is, is the talk about cryptocurrency. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cold wallets. That's why it's hot tea and cold wallets today, guys. <laughs> um, if you are new to the world of cryptocurrency, which I feel like, Cashin, when did you buy your first, like, crypto? 2018. Wow. What was it? Bitcoin. And of I'm course. so mad because I forgot that I actually purchased Bitcoin in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a huge amount. It was like 50 bucks, but I had, it's, I bought it in cash app and mm-hmm. then I obviously cashed it out and I forgot about it. And I'm like, oh my God, had I just held on to that for the past couple, it could have been like, of course. Yeah. Who um, knows? I started buying them in 2018 too. Cause that's when they started letting you buy bit. Um, and I thought, oh my God, it was it was like a problem for a minute. Like I, when it was 6,000 a coin, I was like really like bankrupting myself with buying coins. Uh, but now I, okay. So it's interesting because Bitcoin is what Cashin talked about and it's the Mac daddy. Like mm-hmm. if you know about anything zero about cryptocurrency, you've probably heard the word Bitcoin. I mean, PayPal takes Bitcoin now. So um, good for you. You know, she still buys it. Don't let it hurt for you. <laughs> I um, buy other ones, but um, I, you know, I tapped out of Bitcoin. Oh, let's um, talk about other. One. Let's talk about the other ones, the alternate coins. Um, well, yeah, I think also having a general understanding of Bitcoin allows people to feel more comfortable participating in other coins because I don't think anybody other than you and Dean have ever explained what a Bitcoin is. Oh, really? Like genuinely understand what a Bitcoin is. I I think people are like, I want to jump on the Bitcoin train with all these FOMO buys because they're like, oh, it makes you a lot of money. The return is very high. Oh, yeah. But what is a Bitcoin? Okay, so in short, a Bitcoin is a digital currency. But um, I think more importantly than what a Bitcoin is, is how do you get a Bitcoin? Because that's really the premise of why they're important. Um, A Bitcoin, like I said, digital coin. Um, But basically, these computers are a very high labyrinth of a network that all talk to each other and are all working algorithmic math problems out. And when a machine or a mine solves a certain complex problem for a computer, mathematical, um, it will get rewarded with a coin. That coin is a Bitcoin um, for some. You can mine other coins. That that basis or that concept of mining applies to all, you know, most coins. There are some coins you cannot mine, but um, the biggies that we all know about, that's the concept of having those coins of getting those coins why they are important to a consumer to have is that they are untouchable otherwise they it's one of the safest concepts of you know having your money banks are not as safe as we think they are um there's a lot of regulation um and there's not a lot of growth so the other great thing about holding these coins is that they're on an exchange that they either you know improve in value or devalue i mean for some people that's bad but for most it's made us very rich um moving into alternate coins from bitcoins is or something that you have to know before you consider alternate coins is something called a blockchain and i think so many people are so confused about like cryptocurrencies and all that but the most important thing that you could ever know about cryptocurrency regardless of what coin it is bitcoin ethereum xrp like whatever it is know that the blockchain of which those networks record or ledger is extremely important because the blockchain is needed for every token, is needed for everything to ever be done 
on cryptocurrency. So I always say like, oh, we're over here really concerned about buying these coins, but not as many people are buying these other tokens that have to do with the blockchain. So there are stocks that have to do with the blockchain. There are coins like Chainlink and Tezos and a few others that also participate on the blockchain. And there's some really good documentaries out about cryptocurrency that I um, will encourage you guys to you know watch over time. But really just concentrating on being aware in that space as well like terrible herps for instance have you been to a terrible herps lately oh my gosh yes there's literally one down my uh, like right down the street from where i live yeah i go there all the time okay so i literally went there i went to go pay the guy and it is a little like atm thing and it talks to you and it says exchange your bitcoin here (gasps) i was like this is happening on a gas station level which means like we're in it guys like cryptocurrency is not going anywhere it is not fake money it's not fantasy any longer um, and what you choose to buy is, you know, like up to you. I think at the, at today, you know, you could buy anything and still probably be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think learning how to keep that safe. And I talk about cold wallops because, you know, we talk about Coinbase. We talk about these exchanges, even Square Cash App. An exchange is where you can buy a, a coin if you're not mining. Um, but those exchanges are not safe. You're literally hosting solid, like, metals on digital platforms that are not always secure. Um, So knowing how to manage your assets, I think is very important. Uh, Learning about tax in this is very important. Sometimes, you know, there's a lot of tax implications on making money and no one ever tells you that, right? Mm -hmm. Like no one's ever like, please don't cash this right now unless you need to, um, because it, you're paying so much money and you know, this taxation of gain. So know how to, you know, manage as well. So don't be ignorant. You know, it's important to talk about what we all trade, but how many times have I told you you have to buy like a wallet? You have mm-hmm. to keep that safe in a, you know, in a place that's undisclosed from your home. Um, you have to, you know, make sure that you're also stocks too. How, how are we keeping money for that? What is that going into? Having a really good financial advisor um, when you are generating money is important because I will tell you, and we'll have Dominica hopefully on this to talk about mm-hmm. like some ways to manage because honestly, um, people are like turning into millionaires overnight. Oh, absolutely. And like, don't even know. So that welcome to my Ted talk today about cryptocurrency. I hope you <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, but I encourage everybody to do the research and to be part of, um, you know, an exchange cash and I prefer Coinbase because I feel like it's easy it's easy. It's not my favorite interface. Oh, but they all stink because it's like yeah. new. It's like, yeah. Oh my God. How, I wonder how much E-Trade costs. Because... Well, I think also before you or before we sign off, um, I know that I personally participate in cryptocurrencies outside of Bitcoin. What would you recommend to our listeners as far Ooh, as um, a couple? Like a tip? Yeah. Like give them a little stock tip and, okay. you know, maybe even why. Okay. Um, I'll tell you my favorite stocks right now. And I don't know if they'll do well, but I just have a feeling about these particular stocks. I absolutely adore Nokia. I think learning about Reef Shark and what they're going to do to 5G, amazing. I think if I could afford Apple, I would. I'm like, oh, on these fractionals, I still try. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I would love Apple because they're gonna they're gonna split again. They're gonna like double, triple. Value. I almost have one full share, you guys. It's you. one of my weekly investments. Yep. Um, by next week, I'll have one whole yes. share of Apple. I am very rich. They're doing the five G <laughs> phone thing, and it's gonna be giant. It's huge. Um, so I think you know if you can afford those, uh, GoGo. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. That is Wi Fi for airplanes. But we all know that airplanes aren't doing anything right now. So they are cheap, cheap, cheap. 
so cheap. Um, cannabis stocks, I recommend staying out of right now unless you like the dangerous game of pennies. Uh, I wouldn't, <laughs> I would not do it if I was anybody. Um, and then the other ones that I, I mean, square too, still good, but no one really knows. So, um, oh, and then at tech stocks, I've been trying to figure this out. If you can afford like a $75 stock Micron, it's MU is the ticker. Um, but they're making some really interesting things for AI. Like I, and it's cheap in the AI space. So that's why I say that crypto is all I pay attention to right now. Like Mm -hmm. I just do my obligatory stocks whenever I have money, but I love crypto. Um, Ethereum, if you don't know what that means, please learn it. It's okay. So you know how like Amazon was like web Mm -hmm. Mm 2.0, like how, you know, everybody wanted to be on the internet when we got to 2.0, not 1.0. Yeah. Okay. So email was the killer app for web 2.0. So we all decided to go to the internet because we didn't have to exchange mail anymore. Mm-hmm. Ethereum is postulated in the community as web 3.0, but it doesn't have a killer app yet. Like no one has adopted it because it's still new. So basically a 19 year old kid came up with Ethereum in his Canadian bedroom. And it's amazing because it's a not only a token that you can buy like a cryptocurrency, it's an actual platform. But the interesting thing about Ethereum is they are other tokens are written on top of it so there's other like payment things or other tokens on top of ethereum that you can use and one day one of them will be a killer app so it'll be like the facebook of ethereum Mm -hmm. just like facebook is of www.com got it so it'll be interesting to see the the gen like z implication because last night when i was at the bar i met a kid and I met a bartender and me and my husband are just having a conversation about crypto, you know, together. And my bartender interrupts me and, ha- and is like, have you heard of XDAI? And I'm like, you're like 49 years old talking to me about crypto. <laughs> and then the kid, 21 year old next to me goes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a crypto trader. I have all these things. Check out FTMO, like the Forex challenge, by the way, I'm getting intense, but I'm sitting at a bar and this is why I love photo chow. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm sitting at a bar and I literally have people after a private conversation excited about this, participating in this and wanting to exchange ideals. And that's the great part about crypto. Everyone needs to know about it for it to be good. And I think just being able to sit in a restaurant and, and five people from 10 different places in life are talking to me about the same thing. Like that is the most unique thing I've ever saw um and you can participate for pennies so if you're buying crypto off ethereum and altcoins um civic coin is very important it's the verification process that they want to use for all this chain link very important uh, to the blockchain if you're not buying that um litecoin he's a little expensive now but um it's an ex-bitcoin engineer that has produced that and is fabulous Um, And there's just so many other, um, and of course, how could I not talk about XRP? Mm -hmm. Oh, Ripple, we love you. I hope you make it through the SEC. I really do. (laughs) This poor company, Ripple is a fabulous payment system and they sell a coin named XRP and they're getting banned. Taylor and I own as many as we can. A substantial amount of I'm hoping we're XRP billionaires (laughs) is what it is. It's like pennies, you guys. It's like nothing, but it's 
ultimately their their Ripple is a, a real company, like a real one in the New York. Like they're real, and they are being accused of selling securities, which will be interesting to see because securities are considered a financially safe asset. So I mean, like that's a recognition of the federal government saying that this is legit. Which if you are deemed a security, like wow, you get a fine, but you just made a huge gateway into for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is not found to be a security because lots of other countries are publishing papers that it's not so that they go and like UK is like it is not a security because they want them to come to there to do business um, but basically if it's not I'm pretty sure we'll turn on our cold wallets one day and be like you are worth more money than God and mm-hmm. that's my hope like yeah a 10 cent thing is going to be worth more than I could ever imagine because Bitcoin used to be six cents mm-hmm. Bitcoin actually used to be worth zero so I think it's just all about being emotionally aware and how would we know about Ripple if we didn't do business mm-hmm. I would never know what that means well and again I think that this not this topic but today's conversation is one of many that we'll have throughout you know our podcast lifespan I think it's really important for people in general who might not really understand the financial space and really don't understand digital currency like that, um, like uh, Bitcoin or any of the alternative coins, you know, like my dad is not going to tell me about any type of cryptocurrency. Oh my because God, it's my, not... my dad's like, what? You guys are paying things with imaginary money? <laughs> well, not only that, but neither is my mom. And then, you know, in France, when I, the last time I went to go visit my aunt in 2012, we we were cracking up because her ex-boyfriend who owned a bar was taking Bitcoin as payment before that was even a thing. Oh my God. Could you imagine paying two Bitcoin for a beer? No. That and was literally $70,000 for right, a beer. <gasps> I, I, all, I can, <laughs> all I can think of right now is how rich this man must be. Oh my God. Um, so wealthy. Well, I hope yeah. he didn't sell it like you did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I think he knew what he was doing okay. and he had, he had cash to spare. But that's I'm what like, I'm saying. I'm like, how do you set up an exchange like that? Cause I think honestly, from a business perspective, I would love for us to have an exchange. Like yeah. the cat, the rose exchange, something ridiculous where people okay, can well, just pay me for all the we, filler. All we need to do is tell, you know, our, uh, wealth advisors and they'll give us $15 million. I think we should, we'll take Bitcoin for lip injections. I yeah. like this yeah. already. <laughs> I think this is fabulous so far. Um, well, you know, guys, I really want you to ask questions. Um, you know, I think that this realm can be so intimidating and it's really hard to find good advice that you, that is free. And yeah. it's also really granular. So it's not just saying like, Hey, I really like Johnson and Johnson. They have like really good returns every year and they have for the past 50 years, you know, that like, that's a pretty reliable stock. Totally. But once you start getting into the nitty gritty and like understanding blockchain, understanding what ripple does and why that would be important to a business, um, those things are a little bit, there is a barrier to entry and that is just awareness I and know. experience. I, I feel like there, there's a whole conversation about energy. Like I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. Uh, that's what I did my schooling for. And I, you know, focused on solar and turbine wind renewable energy. And I feel like there's this big, you know, energy gap between, you know, Gen X and millennial slash Gen Z because our expectation for renewable energy source is so different. Um, and that plays a huge role in the finance. I mean, GE right now is like seven to $10. Mm-hmm. I don't know if when half of the world turns into renewable energy, that would ever be an attainable stock for us again. Like right. there's so much nuance. And I feel like, yes, like our background and like our daily experience is important to bring to listeners attention because, you know, like how, how, 
what cool tips could Marco give me in the real estate world? What cool, amazing things is Dominica seeing, you know, mm-hmm. in the financial markets? What amazing thing are the mm-hmm. hairstylists at the at my beauty company or even the SD seeing on, you know, the other side? Because that all ties in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be so interested to bring more people on here to talk about what their awarenesses are and to continue this conversation because you guys, investing is not scary. Well, and also I think it's important because as we've seen with coronavirus closures and how many people have been laid off and how many people have felt completely financially disenfranchised because, you know, having a couple thousand dollars in savings, if you're lucky to have that, is maybe two months worth of rent. Yeah. And most Americans, what is it? They have no more than $400 in their checking account, least of all savings. And so I think that coming up with savvy ways to have your money grow instead of just putting 20% of your paycheck into a savings account for liquidity. I, although I do think that's important as well. You know how I'm really weird. You're really into this. I know Taylor would have, Taylor would walk around, Taylor would walk around with two cents in her wallet and be like, bye. And I'm like, top ramen. I will be squirrel piling cash away in like the walls. Like just, you never know. But then, you know, I also want to get out of that behavior that having liquidity means that you are financially stable because that's not always the, the correlation. Right, because if I didn't participate in the stock market, or if I was never going to participate in the stock market, your two thousand dollars, your five thousand dollars is always going to be five thousand dollars. It's never going to get the opportunity to be something else. And so, for people who are confused as to where to start, um, I know Robinhood has been in a little bit of hot water lately, but I do think that it's a great resource to start. Yeah, Um, Coinbase also a great resource to start. It also shows you the available assets for trade on that platform um, and what their obviously historical uh, value has been. And if you really like to read, um, you know, like we do, Cash and I have to read a lot. So like. Mm -hmm. While our awareness is spot on, I feel like we would never make a financial decision without reading about it. I do um, Bloomberg. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Michael Billion Dollar Bloomberg um, has Morningstar, which uh, Dominica has recommended that I personally love. Um, recently, I was advertised Brownstone Research. It's interesting. He's like the Tony Robbins of stocks, but it makes me laugh. And there was like this thing for 40 bucks, and it was like, read this report every month. And it actually... Um, reaffirmed a lot of what I thought and then kind of gave me a little bit of insight into the tech world. So I think also finding a brokerage that you trust that mm-hmm. writes a lot of literature um, is important and pay for it. Like make sure you are investing in yourself, not only in the stock market, but also in your financial literacy because we pay all this money, like you said at Target, but like knowing what is coming next is so important and knowing how to manage that. So also guys, don't knock TikTok. Um, yes. As of recently, um, obviously, I have a social media background. Um, TikTok, uh, TikTok is a great resource for very small, quick bites for financial knowledge. Um, they have great stock tips. There's a lot of people who break down even basic definitions for you. It's free to access. And there's also a lot of people and like these are like millennials and Gen Z doing this um, who are literally talking about how to really get really I'm not gonna say insider trading, but kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean it's stock tips. It's like that's well like not even just like, that, but also like how to see what the current politicians and past politicians have been Ooh, investing there's in. There's dirty secrets we could teach all of you. Basically Absolutely. it's all public information and you can look up what anybody's buying. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's a hack that I've seen on TikTok a lot, but I've known No, of course. But again, like if you don't understand where to find these things, they're actually hiding in plain sight. So Mm -hmm. if you have a TikTok account, please do yourself 
the due diligence of going into and following us and well <laughs> following Dorothy Beater Refinery obviously for your Follow, beauty tips please but and if you want to uh, go down the rabbit hole of stock tips it's actually very interesting very easy to follow that's and, why I like it because it's yeah. entertaining and educational like good for TikTok we're trying to be educational and entertaining about this topic so I really hope you guys enjoyed it this again will be one of many conversations that we have about the financial space and then cryptocurrency space uh, Taylor and her husband Dean spent a lot of time talking and researching about this particular topic. So I think it would be great to have Dean kind of come in oh, and yeah. also give some insight because he is in a very unique space as well, where he is, he's basically a walking computer. I know. And it's just is ruining our lives with computers. No, I love it because it's also such a niche, uh, it's just, it's not enough to talk about it within your community to have somebody who really understands the fundamentals of computer security technology. I feel like um, he really likes crypto because he's a security engineer. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe we'll have him on here to talk about how you can kind of secure those things. You Absolutely. cannot leave them on Coinbase. Like it yeah. cannot stay on these exchanges, you guys. I mean it. Um, so learning how to secure your assets and what kinds of technology, because cold wallets are like a purchase. Like you have to purchase one and know how to use it and never lose it. Like if, if it's gone, it's gone. Um, so I think we'll have him on here for the security part yeah. and like what you can do to make sure that you're staying safe in this because it's not always like cut and dry. Absolutely. So thank you for coming to today's Rosé talk, <laughs> TED talk of like whatever today was. Um, and we are always happy. Please. We didn't say last time, but we, you, everybody should follow us on Instagram. Um, Cashton and I also um, have personal Instagrams. If you want to follow us there, please do. I talk about on Alfie Bachman every single week. I say something about stuff. And Alfie Bachman is her personal handle and it's mm-hmm. spell it. A-L-F-I-E-B-A-U-C-H-M-A-N. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our company, uh, oh my god, I edit this. The one that we work com- at. <laughs> edit that out, please. <laughs> I'll try. All well, right. I'm editing right now. We'll I, see. <laughs> All right, guys. And make sure to follow us on uh, the Do Rose Beauty Refinery Instagram if you can. We'll always be posting updates on when we're doing our podcast. We'll be plugging in more of the to, uh, the podcast topics as well so that you guys can kind of pick and choose if you're not following weekly with us um, what topics you want to hear and then we're always open to feedback so please let us know what you want to hear on here if there is anything that you recommend for us to read um, and bring to the audience's attention we have listeners from all over the country so we're super yeah. excited and I cannot wait for the backlash to this because I feel <laughs> like everybody's investment style is so different and mm-hmm. like obviously not being like a certified like person to give any like for all I know all of my tips are useless um, <laughs> Um, so I'm really excited to see like all the professional bankers that reach out and tell me that like I'm re- reckless and unethical <laughs> for re- like for recommending things so volatile. Like I'm excited for this. It's, it's, it's a hard world out there, you guys. Stay safe. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us today and on Wednesdays. For the time. On Wednesdays, we, we drink, drink pink. pink.